At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Drury to left field. Connor Joe going back. Brandon Drury now plays. It's Slam Diego. Brandon Drury. In his first AP in a Padres uniform, hits a grand slam. Why? Because he's in Slam Diego. Well, my big swings came up empty last night, but Brandon Drury's sure didn't for the Padres. I told you play the Juan Soto-Josh Bell home run parlay. That didn't work out. But hey, if you bet on Drury, you would have made out huge. I told you that Shohei Otani and the Angels would win their game. He'd homer, go over on strikeouts. That would have paid out, I think, at plus 2,200. And, well, that was nothing but a bust. All the way around. The Angels lost. Otani only got seven strikeouts. He needed eight and a half. And he didn't even get a hit, let alone a home run. But that Pirates-Brewers game breezed by the over. The Padres blew past the Rockies. Boy, poor Chad Cool. The ex-Pirate gives up nine runs. His ERA is at 5-16 now. The Mets whipped up in the Nationals 9-5. We had that one too. The only basic play, you know, the real plays I was offering up as opposed to the fun ones, uh, just for giggles as it related to the Nats-Padres trade. The only basic play that I suggested yesterday that blew up on me was Garrett Cole and the Yankees getting torched by the Mariners 7-3. Cole gave up three homers in the first inning for the second time this year. How does that happen? So, all in all, not a bad day. The fun parlays didn't work out, but if you put just a few bucks down for giggles on those and played the real stuff we suggested yesterday, you did okay. Tim Benz here in the Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. 
Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same game parlays at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and make your baseball game same game parlays today. Presented by Rivers Casino. Must be 21 gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. Pirates are plus 210 on the money line today to beat the Brewers and complete a sweep of the NL Central leaders. Milwaukee minus 250. That feels to me like a line set with anticipation of the whole world saying, the Brewers aren't going to let themselves get swept by the Pirates, right? Maybe not with Brandon Woodruff pitching. This is the fifth time Woodruff has started against Pittsburgh this year. The Brewers are 3 in one of those games against the Buccos. Woodruff has had two really strong outings, and then two that weren't so good. The two good games were start on July 3rd, another on April 20th, and those games combined... Woodruff went 12 innings, 6 complete in both games, 17 strikeouts and 2 walks. 12 innings of shutout baseball, just 7 total hits allowed. The Brewers won the July game 2-0 and the April game 4-2. The other two starts on July the 9th and April the 26th, the combined 10 innings pitched, 7 earned runs allowed, 14 Ks, 5 walks, 11 hits. The Brewers won the April game, but by a score of 12-8, they lost last month's game 4-3. So, sort of a split from Woodruff, if you will. I'll take him today, and I'll take the Brewers. If you don't like the minus 250, go run line at minus 143. Tonight, Jose Quintana makes his debut for the Cardinals against the Cubs. It's the second half of a doubleheader, so maybe wait on this bet if you want to employ the pursuit of doubleheader school of thought, which is to bet the loser of Game 1 in the nightcap regardless of circumstance. But that may be a risk because the Cards are pitching Miles Mikolas in the first game. He's got a 2.86 ERA, and three of his last four starts have been excellent. Also, I've seen a few more sweeps lately, and the Padres against the Rockies comes to mind from two nights ago. There is no starter for the Cubs in the nightcap against Quintana, too. The Cards are favored by a minus 159 line in the first game on the money line. They are at 157 in the Katana game for the nightcap. If you bet on St. Louis to win both, it comes back at plus 159. I like that, to be honest. I kind of thought the return would be more than that before I started looking at the numbers, but I might make that play just for experiment's sake. After a five-game win streak, the Cubs have now lost four of five. All of a sudden, St. Louis has won four of five. The game of the day might be Mets versus Braves, New York. Has a two-and-a-half game lead on the Braves. Both teams have won 7-10. The Braves have won four in a row. Carlos Carrasco, 11-4 with a 3.79 ERA pitching for the Mets. But the Braves are throwing Kyle Wright, 13-4, 2.93 ERA. The Braves have won his last seven starts. He's on a personal six-game win streak. And he has won four starts in a row. Just a couple no decisions breaking up those two streaks. Four consecutive games where Wright has gone six-plus innings. The Braves haven't lost one of his starts since June 18th. Is he due for a loss, or is he just red hot? I'll go with the latter and take the Braves at plus 107. I also like the Dodgers over the Giants, but this is a little dicey. Kershaw is pitching. Los Angeles 36-18 and in road games, 71-33 and overall. 
The teams are meeting today for the 13th time this season. The Dodgers are ahead 9-3 in the season series. Give me L.A. getting the sweep at minus 220. But Kershaw hasn't been great, though, of late. The Giants got him for four runs coming out of the All-Star break. The Rockies, they touched him up for three. Half of his last six starts have not been quality starts. So I'm a little hesitant on the Dodgers. If you don't want to lay out as much, the one-and-a-half run line is only at minus 125. So... That might make you feel better. And the Padres versus Rockies again tonight. 9-1, the debut win for all those slugging Padres that they acquired at the deadline. Soto got a hit and a walk. Josh Bell, two walks, but 0-2 overall. Drury of the Grand Slam you heard earlier. Joe Musgrove pitches tonight after signing for that big new money contract of over $100 million. It's a minus 305 payout. Musgrove has lost his last two starts. I bet he turns it around today. Soto at plus 425 to Homer. Bell is at plus 600 to Homer. I love the over at minus 105 to top eight runs. Give me that. Uh, Back to the Pirates for a moment before we discuss some Steelers on the other side of a quick break. This is a topic I wrote about in the Tribune Review today. Maybe Pirates general manager Ben Sherrington has a different definition of urgent than I do, or the Oxford Dictionary does for that matter. Here's the definition of urgent, quote, showing that you think something needs to be dealt with immediately. On Tuesday, after the Major League Baseball trade deadline passed, Charrington, in front of reporters, described the Pirates' action of keeping Brian Reynolds and closer David Bednar as an example of the team acting with urgency to get better. We feel like the word is urgency. We just want to be urgent about getting better all the time. Those are two guys that would be really important parts of getting better quickly. That was Charrington's quote about Bednar and Reynolds. Now, maybe I'm about to get bogged down on semantics here, but is simply holding on to two players deemed to be building blocks of your organization an act of urgency to get better? Or is it just common sense? I suppose it's all a matter of perspective, but I think the Pittsburgh baseball fan base has gotten so conditioned to this franchise, spinning off players, the first chance it gets is the talent finally matures and starts to command a decent salary, that the mere act of the Pirates keeping those players when logic dictates they should probably does come off as acting with urgency. That's a pretty low bar. Our standards of what to expect from that organization's business model have been so dramatically diminished over the years that we can inflate such a routine decision and turn it into a franchise altering course correction. Reynolds is a 27-year-old center fielder who was an all-star last season. To me, deciding to keep him just a few months after you signed him to a very affordable two-year deal at $6.75 million per season to buy out his last two arbitration years, that's not exactly tectonic shifting stuff. Instead, it's simply not rebuilding again. The same can be said about Bednar, an all-star closer who's making $715,000 this year and won't even be arbitration eligible until 2024 to say nothing of how the young pitcher from RSPA is being marketed by the club as this hometown hero of sorts, much like Neil Walker was during his 11 years in the Pirates organization. And based on how Reynolds was talking after the trade deadline passed, he wasn't exactly certain they'd be retained. You saw the quotes, you may have heard the interviews, there was doubts in his voice. So for being transparent, did Sherrington act with urgency by keeping these two or was a proper return for their talents just never offered? 
Because to me, there's a big difference. An example of acting with urgency is what the Pirates did between 2011 and 2013 when they became wildcard contenders, when they acquired the likes of Derek Lee and Ryan Ludwig and Wandy Rodriguez and Justin Morneau and Marlon Byrd, all in an effort to make the playoffs. Sometimes those deals worked out. Sometimes they made the playoffs. Sometimes they didn't. But that's acting with urgency. So was the Chris Archer trade of 2018, ill-fated though it may have been. Again, that deal ended up being a colossal bust, but at least it was made with decisive intent with the goal of getting better quickly when the team was on the fringes of playoff contention. We have to remember the backdrop of Charrington talking about how the Pirates were taking bold steps to get better by holding on to Bednar and Reynolds. That came a day after, I think less than 24 hours after, they traded away their best starting pitcher in Quintana. A team that is actually urgent might have instead tried to figure out a team-friendly short-term contract to keep a guy like that instead of shipping him off for more prospects. If Charrington wants me to believe that this franchise is acting with urgency, he'll sign or trade for another Quintana type or two this offseason that may actually make a significant major league paycheck but can fortify a starting rotation that will once again be in need of quality veteran influence. Remember, Contano was only a one-year, $2 million deal. After 30 years of mostly losing baseball, our eye level of expectation for the Pirates is lower to the point where simply avoiding trades of guys who shouldn't be traded comes off as progress. It isn't. It's simply doing what should be done. As evidenced by Reynolds, hitting a game-winning walk-off homer to beat the Brewers on Wednesday night. If Charrington is feeling urgent about the state of his team, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. Now, prove it this offseason by actually making an attempt to improve the major league product while cultivating what we are constantly told is a vast pipeline of quality young players that will all be in the big leagues in just a few years. That would qualify as urgency in my eyes. Okay, when we come back, Deontay Johnson has a new contract. We will discuss when we return in just 30 seconds in the Pittsburgh CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. All right, back to the Pittsburgh CityCast. Tim Benz with you, brought to you by BetRivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Steelers are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Seahawks in their first preseason game. I don't think the Steelers are three-and-a-half points better than anybody right now based on how that offense has looked in training camp. But part of the reason the offense has looked poor, particularly the first-team offense with Mitch Trubisky, is that Deontay Johnson has been out for all of training camp. Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Chase Claypool, most of training camp. That certainly has hurt Trubisky and prevented him from looking real good or getting any traction going with the first team. But news today from Latrobe that Deontay Johnson has signed a contract extension. We had a lot more planned for you. Speaking with Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, second-year offensive coordinator, but a lot of the conversation was about Deontay Johnson's situation still being up in the air, and that happened while we were recording the first half of the CityCast, so we're adjusting on the fly here, and we'll get to that interview with Canada tomorrow instead, but 
Um, I do want to address what happened with Johnson signing the deal. It is a two-year contract that is Hunter Renfro-esque. Renfro got two years, $32 million. This is for $36 million for Johnson. At least the overall extension is $39 million if you factor in what he's going to make this season. So given all that, uh, I look at this contract as I did on Tuesday when I wrote about it, when we talked about it on the Pittsburgh CityCast. This was the route to go if they were ever going to get a deal done with Johnson. They weren't going to go the mega long-term extension that I'm sure Johnson wanted that was in the 20 to $25 million range, but they also weren't going to be able to secure term if they wanted to keep the price low. So Johnson did what Hunter Renfro did. He saw himself, or at least the Steelers saw him, as kind of in the middle, and maybe Johnson realized that too by the time the negotiations really came to the nuts and bolts. I think he realized that the Steelers could have life without him if he wasn't there. I think he realized that the Steelers' approach to wide receivers was real, that they weren't bluffing when it came to, we'll let you go, we'll let you walk. We don't see signing you and extending you as important as those other teams did to acquire wide receivers or retain wide receivers for those ridiculous prices in the 25 to $30 million range. We'll let you go and test free agency, or we'll just put the franchise tag on you and instead of getting $36 million over two, you can get yourself $25 million over one. What would you prefer? So Johnson deciding to, I think, read the tea leaves, see that his production probably wasn't going to be as much this year as it was last year. The ball is going to be spread around more often. They might try to run the ball more effectively with Najee Harris more often. George Pickens appears to be a star. He's going to get a lot of targets. And oh, by the way, it's not going to be the same offense where Ben Roethlisberger is looking for him in two seconds or less all the time. And you might see Mitch Trubisky holding on to the ball. You might see Mitch Trubisky rolling out. We're hearing talk about more two tight ends in the offense. We've talked about that here on the Pittsburgh City Cast. And it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. It's not Ben Roethlisberger. So I don't think Johnson wanted to go into free agency knowing that his production might be in question due to the quarterbacks that he'd be playing with, as well as many other factors like injury and so forth. So. Uh, I think that's what Johnson came to the reality of seeing. And I think the Steelers felt that even though it's beyond their usual comfort zone to get a wide receiver on the payroll for that much money for two years as they go into their second contract, Johnson's pretty good. Claypool is injured to start the year. So maybe they didn't want to mess around with Johnson like they had to deal with Le'Veon Bell a few years ago. And maybe they didn't want to put off down the road the need to go into the wide receiver talent pool again for another second-day draft pick like they've had to a couple years in a row now with Juju Smith-Schuster and with Chase Claypool and with George Pickens. Uh, Maybe they wanted to do that only if they wanted to do that and not because they felt like they had to do that. Um, The thing that really does surprise me about this, though, is the three slot guys and how well they've performed, not only in Claypool's absence, but Johnson's absence. You know, I think that was another reason why Johnson decided to agree to the deal, and it's also another reason why I thought the Steelers might not bother. But if they feel like they can afford it, he's a good player, it's only two years, the risk isn't there on the back end, 
and it's an affordable number and will look all the more affordable, I bet, after we go through another cycle of wide receiver contracts coming up this next offseason. All right, uh, that'll do it for the Pittsburgh CityCast. A little shorter, like I said, we had to adjust on the fly. We'll hear from Matt Canada tomorrow, talk plenty of baseball as well. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by BetRivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com.